0: Tell me the story now.
1: What story?
2: The Epic. All
3: right. All right, close your eyes. What do you see?
2: Nothing. Rub them. Can you see the stars?
1: It was a starry night. Four men waited impatiently on a small island, surrounded by a calm sea. But
2: that calmness was deceptive.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Uncanny Cinema. We are hot off the heels of our Halloween episodes, our five Halloween episodes, and then we did... Two episodes, political episodes, leading up to the election. So we are recording this on October 30th, so those two episodes have not aired yet. And the election hasn't happened yet, but it will have happened by the time this airs, so we'll all find out what happens then. Um, But yeah, so this will air, you should probably be listening to this, I think, the uh, second week of November. And we are going to be now back on track having done the Halloween ones, having done a couple special political ones, and now we're just going to go straight through and try to do uh, one a week uh, if we can maintain that pace. And today we will be looking at 2006's The Fall, and it is by the director's name is Tarsim Singh. And it is a kind of lesser known film. I mean, I'd never heard of it. The director himself, I was aware of one of his movies, and he has done a couple things I'm aware of, but he's not particularly famous, I would say, as far as directors go. None of the people on our panel have actually watched this film before. So this was, we were all coming to this cold, which is the first time that that has happened, which is cool. Um, So we're all totally going into this new, and probably makes sense to introduce our uh, panel here. Well, actually, before I do that, I should mention we did have theme music up at the top for this episode for the first time ever. And uh, I love it. That is theme music from Aubrey Hattendorf, a friend of mine who uh, was a music major. And she did some great, eerie, mystical, creepy sounding music to play into our uncanny cinema branding uh you know if you've seen the logo and you've seen the image on her facebook and that kind of stuff do this sort of like going to a movie theater that uh you know is is on the fringes kind of vibe so she really got uh some solid music for us there and she doesn't have a uh website or anything currently but she did want me to mention she's worked on an album called there is no one by grvdy And she worked on some of the songs. She did singing on them. She wrote lyrics and the melody. And she helped produce it and come up with the overall sound. So thanks to Aubrey. And we now have music going forward. All right. So let's uh, open up the panel here. We've got Eric. Well, I will say this is um, our panel is the complete returning panel from Strings, which is pretty fitting because Strings was an epic fantasy film and this movie is epic certainly has elements of fantasy does things a little bit differently but they're they're very similar wavelength kind of movies and so we've got uh, the same panel for that all right so first off we have eric hello we have jess returning hello And we have Jack returning, and she was the one who recommended this based on a friend's recommendation, I believe.
0: That is correct. Greetings.
1: Cool. All right, so 2006 is The Fall. This is, as I said, by Tarsim Singh. He is a director... Did anyone catch what nationality he is? Indian. Indian? Okay. I thought based on the name that he was, but I wasn't positive. Uh, He has done a handful of movies. Immortals. He did Mirror Mirror, which was one of the several Snow White movies
4: that came out in
1: about a span of three years. I think it was the one that wasn't
4: uh, the one with Kristen Stewart, like the less popular. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it had (laughs) Julia Roberts.
4: Yeah, yeah. Had Julia
1: Roberts, and I don't know who played Snow White, but she looked familiar. Mm. Um, And then he did that movie Selfless, which I never saw. Self slash less. Oh, no. (laughs) And he did... The only movie of his that I have seen prior to this is The Cell, which was from 2000. I saw it years ago and wasn't a fan, but I remember liking the visuals. And so after seeing this movie, I definitely want to go back and rewatch it and give it another shot. But The Cell was probably his most famous movie. I remember that that, when it came out, it, it kind of got some buzz, and then the snow the mirror mirror one was at least aiming to be kind of like a blockbustery thing i think mm. and then his other things of note is he directed a number of music videos for people like Lou Reed Lady Gaga and R.E.M. including the Losing My Religion music video which is uh, pretty great and has some nice fantastical imagery in it so this movie is it was presented by David Fincher and Spike Jones when it comes up on screen They had nothing to do with it other than putting their names on it, which I think was done in an effort to try to get it more exposure. I think they came across Mm -hmm. it in like festivals and stuff. Tarantino's done that on occasion to try to heighten the profile of certain filmmakers that he enjoys. And the film is based on a Bulgarian movie called Yo, Ho, Ho. And the basic crux of this before I open the floor is you have uh, a stunt man played by Lee Pace. Lee Pace, who is perhaps most famously known as playing the worst Marvel uh, villain in the MCU, uh, but he's he's been in another number of other movies
4: as well. But that's just you, you never badly in the Hobbit. Say how much you hate Ronan. <laughs> Jesus, I, mean, I don't think y'all agree that he's the worst villain. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I mean, saying that he's right. I'm but... not saying he's the worst.
1: Like it's his fault. I'm right. saying it's worse, like they, they gave that character nothing and he's the yeah. blandest villain in the end Blandest
0: I will take. Blandest yeah. I will agree yeah. with. We okay. can, yeah. He looks very cool. Sure. But cool. also why are we talking about this instead of the fall?
1: <laughs> Wait a
3: Mostly minute.
0: Mostly
1: because I made a joke and none of you liked it. And so you're yelling at me because I want to make a joke about Ronan. <laughs>
3: No, but. Lee Pace is pushing daisies. That's <laughs> thank you. Okay. Yes,
1: okay. I've never absolutely. seen that. I've never seen that. I, I did didn't see either. that what? he was um he was in the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't remember because I saw those movies once and they're a big long blur. He was
3: like a losses dad. Really?
1: <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay. Yes.
3: Oof.
1: So anyway, so Lee Pace is the lead. There's not really anyone else in it who is a name. And he plays a stuntman in 1915 Los Angeles who suffers a bad fall following a stunt and he ends up in a hospital. And there is a young like five-year-old Romanian girl who has also suffered a fall and she uh, broke her arm from picking oranges with her family. And the two of them form a relationship as the movie goes on where he's telling a story And she's coming to visit him. So that's kind of the crux of what's going on. And then we can delve into more of the plot as we go. So that's the basic setup for the fall. And I open the floor.
4: What do we think? I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. I thought it was pretty great. Yeah. Um, I, I went in, yeah, very cold. I don't think I had any idea what the plot was last night. To my girlfriend and I was like I have to watch this movie for this podcast and she was like eh, I don't want to really and I was like yeah but we'll you know we'll just watch it whatever and then like she's like I'm gonna hate it and I'm like yeah you might we'll see and then 15 minutes in she's like I think this is gonna be a good movie and then
2: Bobby,
4: <laughs> that was a really good movie <laughs> um I I and again yeah I did not really know Lee Pace apart from Ronin. and when I looked back at his uh, other things it's like I've seen those movies. I don't remember him from The Hobbit or things like that. But this is a movie to see, like, this guy is a good actor. And that's, like, one you should watch. I thought he was great. I thought the little girl was great. Mm -hmm. She's unbelievable. She's
3: She's so cute. (laughs) And,
4: like, just felt like a little kid. And their chemistry was great. And I think I remember reading the director had, like, um, left a lot of things in that weren't scripted just because them just, like, Talking to each other, he even told a lot of the cast that Lee Pace was actually bedridden. Huh. So like, I think the little girl yeah. believed he was bedridden the whole time to like, and believe all his mm. like and pain was real. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: what I th- so from what I saw, I think he, I think she thought that initially, and once like maybe they met early on to like do some scene readings or something, and I think the little girl believed that, and then he thought, oh, I should use this. And so he kept her thinking that and then he kept mm-hmm. the cast or kept the crew believing it, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> That's
3: like psycho. Yeah. Because like, like like one of the crew members walked into his dressing room and he was standing and she like passed out or something. <laughs> like, I was like, this wow. is messed up. <laughs> but sure. Okay.
4: It's some of that, that Kubrick madman stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like Hitchcock, like, Piping in hot water or shower scenes yes. to feel yeah.
1: <laughs> or throwing birds at people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, for myself, I mean, I'll, I'll get into it more as we go, but I would say I would sum this movie up with the word beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yes. incredibly beautiful to look at. I mean, I have some issues with the like scripting. I don't, I don't think it has huge holes or problems but I think there's some things that they could have strengthened, but on mm. just a pure visual cinematic level, like I would have loved to have been able to sit in a movie theater and have seen this mm. like yes, when it originally completely. came out or if it were to like somehow <laughs> air in like a, an art house cinema. But this movie was like, I don't think it was successful. That was one thing I didn't catch. I need to look. I, I mean, it wasn't famous. Okay. Yes. It was very not successful. It's what? budget was $30 million and it made three point seven million. Ooh, so, oh man! So that's real bad. bad. That's real bad, guys. Wow. Um, but yeah. yeah, so it it does not seem like a movie that would be getting any kind of revival, even when they do those like Fathom events and Fandango and whatever. Mm. I don't see them pulling the fall out of the vault. <laughs> um, but that's really unfortunate and kind of sad because it is just a beautiful. I mean, it's it's if I were to put my top like 50 movies that I think are just gorgeous films on screen, forgetting any of the story or anything else, just like how they look, I would think it would make the cut. And that's after watching this one time, literally an hour and a half ago, I was just like, (laughs) this is, this is nuts. There is just some amazing stuff going on. So that's, that would be my opening statement on it. We'll definitely talk more visuals soon. Uh, Jess, where'd you fall on it?
3: yeah, I think for the most part, I really enjoyed it. And when it ended, I was like, I think I liked that. But like, <laughs> there were some there were some things that were just like, I don't know, like, I didn't, I mean, we'll get into story. But like, I just thought that like, some of the fantasy elements that came at the end, I was like, Oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> um, So like, I don't know. It just, there were some things that worked for me like super well off the charts. I mean, fantasy is like one of my favorite genres. And so this was like up my alley, but like, oof, like <laughs> the, parts well, that, the parts that didn't work for me, like really didn't work for me. It's
0: it's almost hard to categorize this as fantasy mm-hmm. almost because um, none of the fantastical elements are actually happening. They're essentially in the little girl's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's complicated in that way so is it were the elements that were kind of disagreeing with you more of the realistic elements or it really was the the fantasy imagination elements that you didn't like
3: yeah it was the fantasy part of it because mm. i just like can you stop putting these images in this five-year-old girl's like brain like, oh she it gets a little dark off the rails
4: that's what she's choosing to see i think
3: exactly <laughs> like she's going off the rails maybe control your story a little
0: bit
4: don't blame him that's her messed up brain fault I,
3: that's right brain
0: blame nice. it on the woman
1: i guess i would i guess i'd push back on that a little bit considering like Grimm's fairy tales get way darker than anything in this movie well, that's-
3: I mean, I thought of that and I was like, this makes sense. I could justify it in that way of like, Grimm's is also very dark, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It just came very suddenly and just very aggressively. And I guess I just didn't have enough of a relationship with those characters that it just like felt like senseless (laughs) violence Mm -hmm. where I was like, this doesn't mean anything to me. Like, Year old is being traumatized because he's the people she knows in her life. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> so, one thing I thought was interesting, I, I realized it maybe halfway through. And if I missed some stuff from not thinking of something, let me know. But so, for a movie like this, it's, it's not the first movie to do a story within a story or where a story is unfolding. I mean, off the top of my head, um, it, I mean, by the end of it, it, actually kind of reminded me of uh, Big Fish. Well, there's Big Fish. I actually didn't think of that one. I was good, thinking, of good, uh, Yeah, good pull. Princess Bride. The, well, the Princess Bride, it, it made me think of the Princess Bride if the grandfather was in bed instead of the kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so they kind yeah. of flipped
1: that. It also has similarities to the Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, oh, what's the one, Eric, from, you're a Seinfeld fan, right? The mm-hmm. one that Elaine hates in Seinfeld. English, English, English Patient. English Patient. Like, by the end, I was kind of thinking like, oh, it's kind of like the English Patient. <laughs> uh, I also did not like yeah. The English Patient. So I did not like The English
0: Patient. I've never seen The English Patient. I only know it from Seinfeld. Yeah. This is kind of like it. The
1: English Patient if The English Patient wasn't incredibly boring. Which yeah. Was, <laughs> oh. But yeah, so it's, it's not the first movie that's done that kind of stuff. But what was interesting, we're, we're saying the imaginative aspects or the fantasy aspects. It's only kind of fantasy. Like once they mm-hmm. get into that world, if you think about how it operates... It feels like a fairy tale. It looks fantastical and like a fairy tale. And they have these insane costumes that are gorgeous. But I was trying to think of what actually is in it that couldn't, quote unquote, couldn't happen in the real world. And you have the mystic guy does some kind of magical aspects So he gets like tattooed on himself kind of magically at one point. And he also defeats all these guards, but you don't really see how or what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's presented as though it was some kind of some kind of fan- fantasy way. Um, but I was trying to think of what this might be closer to and a word popped in my head and I looked it up to make sure it was correct. picaresque. Um, so that's relating to an episodic style of fiction dealing with the adventures of a rough and dishonest but appealing hero. And so it's sort of like the idea of, you know, like this this brash rogue and you're following him on adventures. And Don Quixote has been cited as Mm -hmm. like connected to that as an example. And I think this character who, the character within the fantasy or imaginative elements is presented as a bandit. And he also has kind of like a Zorro vibe to him Mm -hmm. and, and other heroes like that. So it almost falls more into that where it's like, it's an action-y adventure thing, like a swashbuckling kind of thing, instead of being a straight-up, we're in a fantasy world, because there are no no creatures, there's no heart, like, there's the mystic guy who it's very light, um, but I don't think there's any other fantastical elements, Jack.
0: Uh, I think there's an actual story reason for that, Um, and I think it's that Lee Pace's character, Roy, I think, uh, was telling the story but he was actually telling a slightly different story than the girl was imagining like due to their different um upbringings essentially language
4: barrier too totally
0: there's a definite language barrier like for example he would say indian and she started imagining things from india and then he would say things like squaw like this indian was, was the most beautiful squaw and she's imagining just a beautiful Indian woman because she doesn't understand that he means Native American yeah. and that he's using those languages. So there's a lot of he's telling a more uh cowboy bandit-esque story, but mm-hmm. she's imagining stuff more from her uh understanding. Her types of stories are much more fairy tale esque. And I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. A very cool think, mix. Yeah, when when he, yeah, he yeah. when
1: he said squaw at different points and then they showed um, you know the lady and that that there was the connection they were showing an Indian like an, like an Eastern Indian character in mm-hmm. the fantasy world I, I started to wonder well wait was that actually an Indian word and Americans just transposed it over to yeah. to you know American English and started calling Native American women squaw or something like that yeah, yeah no that that makes way more sense that he mm-hmm. is presenting it. it's something I wasn't picking up on he's probably presenting it as, more of like an American West fable. And she is not Indian herself. She's Romanian, but she does mention early on, she had like an Indian friend that she, she knew from her past and she had little objects in a box
4: in remembrance of him. So I think, yeah, that makes sense. Eric, do you have something? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think cause he was drawing the story from the film he was working on. Correct. In so that's, it was like, looked like it was a cowboys and Indians bandits kind of thing. <laughs> cause for a while, when he, when it kind of showed the difference and I kind of realized what she at first, I just thought it was him. And I was like, Oh, it's 1915. He's just kind of an ignorant well-meaning <laughs> racist. I guess he's saying Indian for, but then she's seeing some of it. But, but then I was like, Oh no, that's her. She just doesn't know the difference and her only understanding of Indian is like a person from India.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. The opening, the absolutely stunning opening intro, uh, it's all black and white and all um, slow motion Uh, it's kind of setting up, you have no idea what's happening really, but it's kind of setting up, uh, Lee Pace's character's story a bit. Uh, but that's all, uh, it looks like it's on a film set, looks like it is a cowboy film set. And so that's really where he's drawing from. It, it is such a cool element that, yeah, you don't pick up on. yeah immediately those,
4: like random images yeah uh, you know, nice beethoven music like, okay this is, looks cool yes. i don't know oh, i was later on, like oh that's what was happening that was that was his fall. <laughs> yeah it's set
1: to uh beethoven seventh i had to look it up to see i, I had totally recognized yeah. it but i couldn't remember what it was and i looked it up and it's just right yeah right from the first two minutes of the movie you were being hit with beethoven music and just some gorgeous imagery <laughs> mm-hmm. in black and white like slowed down footage
4: so it really works. Yeah. Um, and yeah, speaking of, I guess, not ever having heard of this movie and why and it never doing well. And like, yeah, I, I'm surprised no one had ever like... S- seen this movie or mentioned it i guess it never got word of mouth i think it came out when i was in college so like i just mm-hmm. never heard anyone yeah this seems like um, something
1: we would have come across for the at the athena like at the friends. athena so, exactly someone,
0: someone mm-hmm. in, like we were all in
1: college like, you know, then.
0: and we were all pretentious movie nerds well, yeah. and <laughs> exactly. now, so. well actually i take that back it came
1: out 2006 but i don't think it came out in whatever american theaters it was released in it was till 2008 uh, okay. So oh. I, w- I wouldn't have been at OU then, but I don't Oh, know.
3: okay.
4: Because
1: um,
3: 2006 – yeah, oh, sorry.
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I w- yeah, I was like when I was looking up the movie and like what are the main criticisms it drew because I don't think it was really super well received. Like Ebert gave it four out of four because he said it was just so unique.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But most of the criticism kind of was just like, oh, it's just style over substance and it's very self-indulgent by the director Ew. and the visuals. And I was just like, I don't know. I mean – this yeah a lot great. of the direct the visuals are supposed to pop and be like audacious but i never got the sense that he's just like yeah self-indulging or anything i just felt like it was no. always beautiful and like even like so the images from the fantasy world was like all colorful and vibrant and then the vision like the visuals in the the rundown hospital looked great mm-hmm. like, just, like and like, almost every stylistic choice for me, even, like, the girl, like, in her cast, always, like, running around with, like, her in a hobbled way. Like,
2: so cool,
4: like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't understand, like, why people kind of, like, point it as that to be, like, the main takeaway of why this movie doesn't work.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, I, I saw a couple reviews. I mean, not not lengthy, just, like, a couple quotes. If you go see this. But Roger Ebert gave it four out of four and said, you might want to see it for no other reason than because it exists. There will never be another like it. <laughs> which i think is apt but then uh somebody named nathan lee uh who works for the new york times yeah said that the film is quote a genuine labor of love and a real bore and i don't I don't, do you- I don't i don't <laughs> understand that like i can understand I walking bore. away with some like i said i i have some issues with the scripting of just some things that i think they could have worked a little better but I don't know how you look at this movie and say that it's boring. I mean, there are movies that are visual splendors that are boring where it's just like, okay, this is all really pretty, but scenes are taking 25 minutes and nothing's happening. Like, but that's not what this movie is. Like it's, it's tapping into this action adventure vibe and you've got characters fighting, you know, it's like, even if you want to enjoy it as like a little kid on that level, you've got characters battling, they're chasing, they're trying to get the princess. They're trying to fight the evil guy. There's, there's armies like, so it's, it's very action packed when you're in the fantasy world and the fantasy world takes up at least half of the movie and then yeah. the, the other, you know, possibly more. And then the, the regular world stuff advances, like there's a plot that advances, it it doesn't just stay where it is. So I, I don't know how you could watch this and say it's boring. You might not feel it totally yeah. comes together, but I don't get yeah. boring.
4: Right. Cause if you look at it as like, in a sense, it's similar to like, you know, Arabian Nights were like. Because at a point you see that he's telling the story to her for a reason. It's not just oh, I want to entertain this little girl. Like and so he's trying to keep her attention up. So the story, of course, is just like action packed, designed to keep her attention up. So yeah, I, I, that reviewer was probably asleep. And just this movie was like, yeah, (laughs) I'll just say that. And people will think it's a good review because it's negative. It's like, I don't understand how you would walk away thinking like, yeah, nothing really happened in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Something
0: that we haven't mentioned yet. I I also called it. uh, I was trying to explain to my roommates uh, when I was trying to get all of them to watch it with me what it was. And I called it a Scheherazade-esque tale. Of an adult man trying to trick a little girl into bringing him drugs. Yeah, we kind of haven't really dug <laughs> into that aspect so much of it yet. Just the um,
3: casual assisted suicide with a five-year-old. <laughs> it's right? fine. it's, it's totally fine. fine. Yeah, it's beautiful.
4: It's great. Well, first, like when that twist came, I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty interesting because it's, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is a sweet little like frame narrative for the the epic story." But then when you see that it's going the direction, he starts like, "Hey, I need yeah. you to do something for me. Can you go to the?" the dispensary and get me these pills and it's like oh well, like where is this Uh-oh. going yeah. it's like you know you're in love with a little girl at this point like she's so cute, she's so and cute. And you don't want him to like hurt her and you get the sense that like if she doesn't do what he says he might like get darker so mm-hmm. and might, get might get angry he might him. have yeah. an angry streak because when she when she first goes in and like does it for him and she brings back and she comes back and she's like telling him something and then he, he, it switches his face and he's kind of like haggard like a, a drug addict and he's like yeah, did you get what I sent you for? Like, like getting to the point, and I'm like, uh-oh, this is gonna get, you know, mm-hmm. and then, like, at first, she, like, brings the wrong amount of pills, and you see that his reason isn't because he's hooked, he wants to, like, kill himself.
3: Kill himself, He's yeah.
4: like, <laughs> he doesn't really, doesn't really take it out on her, so you're like, okay, I don't wow. know if I could handle it if the movie went in that direction, where he just I agree. The little girl. <laughs> he,
1: he, also, yeah. he also did kind of, like, fight another dude, and not fight, but, like, some other guy in his room kind of was yelling mm-hmm. at her, and he grabbed him, Mm-hmm. Violently so like there was a moment where he was like he's definitely showing like a violent streak, but he was also doing it in defense of her. Defense, so I'm wondering yes. if that was being done intentionally to like make us think, okay, he's not gonna intentionally <laughs> yeah. hurt her or yeah. anything.
0: I think that was something the movie did excellently was there were until you got to know the characters a little more, you're like, ooh, where's this going? Because you know, we're I think um primed now as a society to be like Adult man little girl equals bad.
4: but yeah. Hey, yeah. there we was... made friends with like eight adult males in this movie. And you're like, <laughs> girl, no. no.
0: <laughs> <me>. <laughs> but it was it was legitimately okay, and that was something I really enjoyed about how the story was told is that there were not any moments where I was like, oh, this is getting bad, this is getting uncomfortable. Uh, the the there director was... navigated that um, dangerous path mm-hmm. absolutely
1: well. There was one for me, if you're talking on, on that particular subject. And it was just like for a brief moment. And I assumed based on what the, else was happening in the movie, that it was not going to take some kind of super dark turn. And this was going to be like a movie about molestation, but there's a part. So he's, he's potentially paralyzed. They, I don't, I, that's something we can talk about at the end of whether like what happens to him at the end. Um, but he's potentially paralyzed. He at one point has her check his toes but he mm-hmm. said, like, there's a sheet up, and they've also been in this sheet, like it's a sheet that's like dividing off, um, and so it's got like this little it's girl and this, the like, bed. and this like grown man in, you know, on a bed together. And it's it's not related to her, <laughs> and you know, so you you got a real recipe for this could get bad. Not even like within the world of the story, but in terms of does it cross some boundary of like, oh wait a second, hang on, movie, you know, like. So it's it's on a it's on dangerous footing, but somewhere he says something like "I need you to do me a favor," and then he says like "I need you to touch my toes" or or something like that. And at my first, I was like, "What? What?" And it's like, "Oh, he's paralyzed." Okay, all right. I, I get. <laughs> he's goes. worried
0: he might be. I think he's yeah. he's concerned yeah. that he might be. Yeah, uh, he has a fear for that.
1: But then she does, and mm-hmm. I mean, I I think i mean he he doesn't feel he it doesn't
3: feel anything he can't yeah. feel it yeah
1: and so at the end we can wait to talk about the ending but i'm not entirely sure where things end up yeah we'll we'll save that but yeah uh but to jack's point like it 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 never crosses into any kind of boundary where it becomes distasteful or anything and the movie is certainly not attempting to go anywhere like that but yeah there, mm-hmm. there are certain elements at play where you're kind of like ah what's gonna happen and then you know but it's all yeah
4: it's all essentially were, safe
2: mm-hmm. yeah
4: there was another scene where i thought and maybe which was just being ridiculous at that point because i was maybe, i'm just looking for this movie to turn about uh so i said story. we're primed as yeah a society. yeah the scene where like um you know, because this little girl's just in the hospital for a broken arm and she's kind of there. And you're like, how long is she going to be there? And there's a scene where her, her mom's there talking to the doctor like, like, what, can my girl come home now? Because it's like, and he's like, no, she's got to stay until she's better. And it's just this very like vague kind of thing where it's just like, does this doctor have another motive for keeping her here? Mm. kind of there's a there's a scene where they talk about the girl like she apparently like throws oranges at the priest or something yeah <laughs> like, yeah they talk about her like acting out because she just kind of like seems to roam the hospital freely yeah and, it, and it's just like you get the sense of like is she acting out for a reason and there's something untoward going on and then she's being kept there like too long and stuff but i mean yeah they didn't go down that path but i guess like every scene i'm looking for that twist to be like oh here it is oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and it never it never came which i appreciated. i appreciate yeah. i feel like that's an an easy mm-hmm. way to go i i, I hesitate to say yeah. that because i don't yeah. want to i don't want to trivialize it but i think um mm. it's one of those things that can be used uh in a way that He's just like, well, I wanna I want it to be dramatic, so I'm just gonna throw this in here. Um, but this movie doesn't even doesn't go there, doesn't there's no hint towards anything improprietary like that. No.
3: You know? yeah. Which is nice. It's the same as I mean, the director also took influence from Wizard of Oz and you know that Dorothy was friends with all these adult male farmhands and mm-hmm. the local wizard and
4: <laughs> just yeah. the She has like, the Dorothy Gale haircut, I think. Like, yeah, horse, I was, she has, like,
3: like, the braids, yeah. Didn't even yeah. think of that. Um,
4: yeah, I think she's supposed to be... And yeah, so that's George why
3: all those guys appear in her version of the story. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And sense. so, yes. yeah, it's kind of, like, the ties to that of, like, no, it's all just very innocent. They're all solid dudes and yeah. just... <laughs> That's a good thing. That's refreshing. refreshing. Really.
4: Sometimes men just don't want to molest little girls. And that's. Can you imagine? Yeah. Most of the time. No, but yeah, sometimes it's pretty
0: cool. Uh, Something I want to bring up that I really liked about this movie was how subtle it is. Um, There's so much of the plot. You kind of have to pick up on. They, they do a lot of showing and not telling when it comes to story elements. Um, or things about characters' backstories happen in conversations off screen while the main character, the little girl, is like entertaining herself by looking through windows or playing with mm. toys or something. Like something's happening in the other room, and you have to listen carefully to pick up on, oh, okay, so that's why that person is here. Oh, that's why um this guy's angry and um for example his uh this is actually something i i was a little iffy on the the version i watched did not have subtitles which is a little tricky with her accent and a little tricky with you know just trying to hear things that are happening in the other room but at one point roy's girlfriend actress girlfriend i think shows up and she just stays outside and cries in the car and doesn't come in to see him right. Yeah. And I'm not entirely certain why I am not, I, I don't know, but it's, it's very clear that, uh, there is a relationship there. And
1: I think I know what, what's going on with that, but I also, right. that's one of my biggest problems with the movie. So my interpret, so it, the crux of it is that he, he suffered this fall, uh, from a stunt. And mm-hmm. at one point he has like another stunt man come in and you hear snippets of a conversation And the other guy is acting like it's either the stuntman or there's another person from the studio. But they're implying that he did this to kind of like win over or win back some woman and that he or that he potentially was trying to commit suicide. It's kind of left up in the air. And then later in the so suicide is introduced early on. And then later in the movie, it becomes clear that he absolutely is trying to commit suicide at that point with uh, he's as we alluded to, he's trying to get the girl to get him morphine from out of like a big pill dispensary place anyway uh so with the actress showing up i was confused by that for a while and then i kind of pieced it together from some stuff so what i believe is going on is he was dating that actress and the leading man who's in the film that he's in stole her away or however you want to categorize it she ended up leaving Uh, Roy, right? She ended up Mm -hmm. leaving him to go with this guy. And so he's heartbroken, which then I don't know if that made him do the jump and the fall or if that was independent of it. The movie's fairly vague on that. But he definitely wants to kill himself because of both her and the potential that he is paralyzed. Because if he's paralyzed, he has no more career, basically, Mm -hmm. as, as a stuntman. So because when she's there... The actor guy is there too, and he's talking to someone else from the studio and kind of shitting on Roy and acting like he's kind of an idiot and like, you know, you need to get over stuff. But none of this is being said to Roy. It's being said about Roy. That was one of the issues that I had with it was the relationship he has with this woman is so central to his character, and yet we get no scenes with them together. We don't get a flashback. We don't get like, why didn't she, why didn't you have a scene where she visits him in the hospital and they have some kind of tearful moment or the, the new boyfriend guy like is furious that she's there and he storms in and makes her leave like so And then that could have gotten all weave and woven into the uh, fantastical story. So I thought it was so weird that kind of his central crisis is about this relationship with this woman. And it's all kind of, off screen on the fringes and that she Mm -hmm. that she never really enters the narrative in any significant way. So that that Jack is what I think is going on. And that's one issue I have with it.
0: I disagree that this central. uh, Crisis that he's having is about her and maybe there's context. I totally missed. I do not think he was suicidal until he realized he was paralyzed and that was when i think he really went off the deep end i could be wrong
1: i well sui- I've only suicide watched suicide was raised before suicide was raised by the guy from the studio they thought that he might have done the jump as a suicidal move because of the broken relationship that doesn't mean that is why he did it
2: Mm-hmm. It's just
1: but it's at the, the movie puts it out there as a possibility. And then later, he actually does attempt to commit suicide. Um, so yeah, you could be right. It, it's it's foggy on that point, I think, but it, it's at least alluded to as a possibility with the relationship part.
0: Mm hmm. I, I liked the fogginess of it. I like that you can have these kind of conversations of, well, I think this is why I think this person did this, because they give you hints, but nothing super concrete, especially because it's not Roy's story. Roy's a big part of it, but it really, the main character is this little girl. Uh, although I've just realized I don't know her name, uh, Alec- even Alexandria. though she's the main character. That's Alexandria, because he mentions about her, about... Um, Alexander, Alexander the Great, the great yeah. yeah, totally, when he first <laughs> met her. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that there are a bunch of blank spots in his story because he's not, we're seeing the whole hospital, we're seeing everything from her perspective, and it's kind of from her understanding, and things that she finds interesting are the things that we see. Um, So it's all very like, well, what does a little five-year-old girl think is interesting, Um, which is a, v- a very unique way to do it I, I suppose it's not unique to tell a story from a kid's perspective, but I think the way that the director used uh, her eye was uh, different. It felt different, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
4: Yeah, I, I, I would agree that it it could have been intentionally murky because this is how a young girl would understand it, because you, you see these fragmented scenes... And she probably wouldn't piece it together even at the time, maybe it'd be years later where she understands like human relationships better to say, Oh, there was something significant in that conversation or this thing that I saw because yeah, like I, I didn't really piece any of that together till like the very end. Like I it was, you know, her going out and seeing the the woman in the car, it was like very like bright and like crazy and magical. Yeah. it. it yeah. I, I had no idea what the significance was supposed to be at the time. And then like, it's just slowly pieced it together um so that that yeah i mean that probably was the director's intention to kind of since like the fun fantasy stuff is at the front like all like the gritty or dark human emotion stuff which is something kids would not pick up or Mm -hmm. to would be the stuff that's in the background
1: Mm -hmm.
4: i guess yeah there was another script bit that
1: i thought was weird which was the girl so there's a there's a nurse who's also a nun I think most of the Mm -hmm. nurses there are presented as nuns. But there's one primary one that we see a handful of times throughout the movie. And then she also becomes the stand-in like princess, essentially, within the fantastical world. And the little girl at one point gets out of bed. And she it's it's all off screen, but she hears slash sees, we hear, that nurse slash nun having sex with... A doctor or potentially a priest i i, I don't know uh so that happens the little girl ends up relaying it back to roy and she's kind of presenting it almost like within the fantasy world version and he's just kind of like oh um but it, it was odd to me as a choice as an addition because we never really saw roy interact with that nun and have any kind of relationship at all it's not like oh, if, if I weren't a nun, I'd be interested in you, or or even that she was kind to him. She's just kind of like off on her own in a total other wing of the, the building. So it just well, seemed odd to me that, that that gets added in and then the girl relays it to him because it's like it doesn't affect him in any way. Jess, you guess so. So, yeah, I guess
3: since the girl plugged her into the story as the princess, is that why she's so concerned of like, no, yeah. oh, that's your princess in the story. Like, I guess I just making sense from a five year old standpoint, like she doesn't care if these people actually know each other. She's just like, no, this is your princess and she's doing this. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't know. That's, I, it yeah. Ma- yeah, it made sense why it would concern her, but I guess it didn't make sense to me, like, why he would care and thus kind of why we're seeing it being told. Like, did he care? Did he care? Yeah. But, I, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> why then include it as a scene? Because it has no impact on him. So, why? because it's not
0: about him it's still about her it's about her experiences and so that was i think she was essentially sneaking out at that time she was uh they were uh busy which if i recall enabled her to go to the dispensary either the Mm -hmm. first time or again so that is why that was important And of course she's relaying that the second time the second time okay Mm -hmm. yeah so that's It didn't have anything to do with him. It was just about her. And then that's how she's kind of making sense of these adult things that she doesn't understand. <laughs> it's like putting them in the story. All right, cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he was concerned about the actual events going down. I think he was just concerned that she's really taking this seriously and like plugging real people into this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to explain sex to a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one
0: does
4: unless that's how he gets the morphine then he's like well
3: then i'll do it whatever (laughs) the morphine three
4: we want to know you gotta give me a bottle of morphine i'll tell you
0: (laughs) oh another thing i i loved about this movie was the transitions the way they would uh, visually transition from uh either one scene to the next or more often from one from the real world into the fantasy world it was incredible um i remember one really striking one was they did a close-up on a person's face and then that melted into the desert landscape and like there were i think um dead trees or rocks that formed the eyes formed the face and it was, and then the camera started to move and, you know, those those things, then you could really see what those things were. But it, it, stunning, stunning transitions, absolutely beautiful, very creative. Uh, and I feel like it had to take a lot of work to put together because also I think a lot of the special effects were practical. I did, I did not see, That's I it. yeah, I don't think apparently, I saw he any. He
4: did that because, um, yeah, apparently they, they filmed in like, Twenty different countries, so it took mm-hmm. forever to film it. And I think he said he he wanted to keep everything looking real and not use computers, so that the it wouldn't it would age well. And yeah it's like think, good call on this part that it does, on yeah like this definitely looks great even the scene where like it was like the blue city and all the houses were just oh blue my gosh. yeah, oh my yeah. God. people actual paint to paint their houses that's blue. how like, we did blue. that yeah I, yeah,
1: wow. I saw that and that because when i was watching it i i had read i read the element that he wanted to avoid cgi and that he wanted to rely on practical effects and he wanted to rely on real places he did they didn't build sets either which is even crazy i did not know that like everywhere they filmed was a place that already existed. So a lot of it's Where's just like these, <laughs> these sweeping vistas and things that are yeah. just gorgeous and they filmed it beautifully. But yeah, anytime when they're on, you know, in these palaces and stuff, they're all real locations. And then I think the hospital they filmed out of was some, you know, real functional hospital. But yeah, there were a couple moments that I thought, well, wait, that part might be CGI, which is fine if, if they had to mm-hmm. do it. But I did think that the blue, they they go to one point, you see a city, and you're overlooking it from like a hilltop, and you see all these buildings, and a good number of them have portions painted blue, and they refer to it as, as the blue city. And it said that they were... Okay... Singh's focus on striking visuals combined with his commitment against using special effects when shooting scenes of the blue city in Jodhpur, as he provided locals with blue paint to refresh the paint on their houses. So that was legit, and I thought that that, even though it was two thousand six, I thought like, oh, that's two thousand six CGI. You could have done that. You could have gotten away with that. But that was lit, legit. The only part that I think might have been uh, CGI'd is there's a character who gets shot in the back with a bunch of arrows. And he falls um, backwards, and he like the fall looked, the yeah. fall looked a little like blocky, and like they yeah. like they had to like put something together. But m- the majority of it was all clearly real, and you know, with a guy with some kind of fake arrows on him, and then and then he's laying there. But yeah, there was like a moment when he fell, which where I was like, ah, I think that's CGI. But yeah. virtually everything else is being done in camera, on real locations with some of the most gorgeous cinematography you have ever seen
4: in your life
1: mm-hmm. yes completely
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah because i remember early on in the story that he sets the five characters up in the fantasy they're on this tiny little island where they've been stranded by the villain and they have like a big aerial shot of it and i'm thinking like like is that a real island they use i mean there probably are islands that small oh, it was like the size of a city block the island but i like, think the island yeah. is real Uh, because uh, now that i read that i was like it must have been so if
1: you look if there's a list of locations and one of them was like bikini era not bikini i was thinking bikini atoll
0: bikini bottom
1: Uh, yes (laughs) Uh, there's a list of locations and it was butterfly butterfly reef and it said Mm. it was in fiji and Mm. i was trying to find images of it outside of the film and I, I, mean, I think it's legit because all the other places they're listing are like real places. And maybe it's just mm-hmm. a place that is hard to find, you know, set images of. But I think that's like just a real place. The, the image in, that we see on screen is it's this like tiny little island with like partially uh, you can kind of like see more land that's under, I think, a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. And then it drops off into just like dead ocean after that. And so it's it's vaguely in the shape of a butterfly like on both like it has this kind of mm-hmm. uh you know a rorschach block uh ink blot kind of look to it i think that's legit i don't think it's cgi i think that's yeah. just a real place and yeah and then everything else they're in like uh there's like this labyrinth city as air or not city but labyrinth location that they're in where people are running yeah. through stuff um there's these desert sequences just all kinds yeah. of just amazing stuff
0: he there's there's an excellent use of space. Like there's a, a a lot of sequences that take place in a desert. And it is really hard to make things look large or far away in a desert because there's no point of reference. Mm-hmm. And I noticed over and over again this director managed to do that. And it was something that really took my breath away because that's how do you how did you do that? And then it was like, Oh, you managed to put your characters you know, on these these little sandy hills, you know, f- miles apart from each other, to shoot this scene. Like he's, I I imagine this director might be a little crazy, uh, for the um amount of work that had to go into just a shot, one shot sometimes.
4: Yeah, but you know, it's a I benefit. Of work, of boring. It's just you know, a boring <laughs> director.
3: <thing. laughs> Standard shit. <laughs> <literally> Come still- <laughs>
1: Yeah, a good, a good like frame of reference for anyone who hasn't seen it, which is most of the planet. Uh, for the visuals, you would think of things like Kubrick movies. There's a lot of similarities of just these very striking visuals. Lawrence of Arabia, the desert sequences, uh, also mm. these giant epic scenes. There's a lot like that. And then even the original Star Wars, uh, or, or the entire Star Wars trilogy, where you have an, something that anyone uh, who loves the original trilogy. I know Jack and I have talked about this before of problems with the prequels is that, you know, they, they weren't on real locations and much of the, mm-hmm. much of the time they weren't in real physical spaces where the actors or, or they didn't have like puppets and things to interact with. So you mm-hmm. lose that feeling of what you're watching is real. And, uh, but, but yeah, the original trilogy has like when they went, when they filmed Tatooine and they're actually in this desert and they, they build the huts and all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. what this movie feels like. It feels like the parts on Tatooine or the parts on Endor, that kind of thing, where you feel immersed in a fantastical world, even even though you you know you're divorced from reality to some degree. But yeah, there's no CGI to break you out of it. There's nothing that makes you think like, oh, this is you know, this is something else. This is putting me in a different mindset. So yeah, it's it's incredibly impressive. Eric, you said that uh, they filmed it in like 20 countries. Mm-hmm. And I think it also said... So are like
4: three years. Or I think something yeah, like I think that. it
1: said four years, and ah, it said that years. he uh, he would like shoot scenes in different or shoot commercials in different countries. Like he would take jobs.
4: Yeah, like, he financed basically the whole thing. Yeah, you know? so
1: it's like it's his. That's so it is clever. truly a labor of love in the sense that he was putting this together. It didn't take four years, I don't think, in terms of the time. It was more of like he did it when he could. And like when he could get things together and get the money for it, I think was the idea. But yeah, he would finance, would finance it. He kept it like pretty low level. I read something of like, you know, keeping the budget down as well as he could. But then yeah, he would take these jobs for commercials in different countries, and then all right, well, while I'm here, I'm going to shoot three scenes for the fall, and then it'll be in my movie.
4: Yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of like uh, what was it? John Cassavetes did essentially the same thing with history. He would act in movies in order to finance films he wanted to direct. Like he that sounds right. Yep.
0: I think Vin Diesel does the same thing. <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> I mean... He, just, he keeps yeah. working on stuff
0: so that he does can... He direct? Ke- no, not so he can direct, but he, so he can make I movies. He, What's the movie that he was in where he was...
4: Uh, I mean, he... He Shoot, makes I enough money re- off of the film Fast furious, and furious franchise to do whatever the hell anyone would ever want to do so i don't think like i think he's trying to have a music career now from what i understand
3: what's oh my god I think yeah so. if you look at
4: videos he's got some random videos of him like singing karaoke
0: no it,
4: it's, not, it's not ironic so you should check those out
0: did, um, they, is it the rock who just came out with a single though
3: who just came out with
0: a name? single really Jerry somebody Ringer? did
3: didn't he have an album or something
0: <laughs> we have to pause so we can do some Googling. Hold on. Hey,
4: everyone. <laughs> These days.
0: This is important. Sorry. No, maybe it is Vin
4: Diesel. No, Somebody just came important. out
3: with. I bet he definitely has a music video or something.
4: It's common either way. Like he's, I think he's legit trying to have a a singing career. So maybe this this movie was
1: boring because now we all just all we want to talk about is Vin Diesel and his his storied career. How did we
3: get here?
0: Yeah, he's a dance music song. It's called "Feel Like I Do." He just released it, Vinny, Uh, (laughs) or like last week, I think.
3: Vinny, your buddy Vinny, Vinny D. Good for him. (laughs) What's the movie he's
0: in with the where he's he can see in the dark?
4: Pitch. Oh, Pitch Black. Pitch Black. Pitch Black. And then Chronicles of Riddick was the prequel.
0: Yes, Chronic <laughs> He wants to keep doing Chronicles of Riddick, so he keeps uh, doing movies so that he can buy the rights to those them and can okay. keep making right. those
1: movies.
3: I mean, we got that. I mean, we Pixar do. You <laughs>
1: um, okay? Yeah, I think I think he actually did get the second one. With, with, are there three Chronicles of Riddick movies? Uh, I don't know. I think there's, there's Pitch just... Black, and then they did the yeah, which other is great. thing. Then
0: everything Uh, after that is not great.
1: But I think there there was some deal of him getting into Chronicles of Riddick, you know, him agreeing to some other movie or something to be able to do that. But either way, uh, let's move back to the fall. Let's do
0: it. (laughs) I have a question. Which fall do you think the title is referring to? Ooh. Her second fall. You think? Okay.
3: That was a big one. It
0: was. I mean, <laughs> relative to his fall off of a bridge, it was not it's, very big. It's but the
3: one that brought them together officially, I
1: think. I suppose, right. yes. Uh, yeah, any I mean, any there's. Other thoughts? Well, um, there's, yeah. there's technically four falls I counted. There's his fall from the bridge, there's mm-hmm. her fall from the orange tree, there's her mm-hmm. fall trying to get him drugs. And Mm -hmm. I think you could say conceptually there is the fall of his like spiral toward suicide. Like he is going through an emotional fall, uh, you know, and that's, that's fall from grace. What's that, Eric? Fall from
4: grace. Yes. You could
0: also argue perhaps conceptually uh, his fall in her estimation. uh, When at the end, when he starts trying to be the story at the end, after she falls from the dispensary, Jess is like, I don't want to talk about I this part. It. This is I the part hated. I
2: hated. Um
0: <laughs> So he comes in uh in a wheelchair and uh he's crying. He feel he clearly feels terrible about uh the fact that she got pretty severely injured falling uh because he tried to because he manipulated her into getting drugs. He feels awful. And his guilt I, I, don't, is... I don't think
1: we've addressed that yet, though. She she goes to get him pills a second time or, or he didn't ask her to the second time did she just went on her own oh
4: no oh yeah you're talking about the end cuz there is a, the where she gets the pills the second time but it's not in the dispensary it's like at the yeah the okay yeah
1: where... technically oh, the yeah. third time what one time she yeah. just goes across yeah. the room so there's no no big <laughs> no big issue <laughs> no
3: anymore. big threat so <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <So> <laughs> technically the third time uh she she goes to try to help him essentially he's trying to commit suicide with with morphine pills and the first time she gives she brings him back but there's a confusion because he had like she thought the E was a three, and so she brings him yes. three pills instead of a full bottle. <laughs> Adorable. So later, <laughs> yeah. that, that actually came about naturally. The they said the actress confused yeah. those that letter and number. And so yeah. the director baby thought angel. Like,
2: Yeah. And so the director <laughs> thought, so Oh, this
1: is great. I'm gonna incorporate this into yeah. the script. So um yeah. So later she goes, she's trying to help him again. So she goes back to get more morphine. She doesn't know what it's for. She just thinks it's, he's going to go to sleep. That's what he tells her. And she's climbing up on these shelves and there's something, some something round underneath and her, she steps on it and doesn't know it's there. And she slips and she falls like four or five feet backwards. And, you know, she's like, they have to give her some kind of surgery. I'm not entirely sure what happens, but yeah. Which so-
0: by the way, that sequence where she has to have surgery, like she's in kind of a, a drug fueled um mm. like she doesn't know what's going on and the whole thing kind of switches to claymation and I was very upset. I did not like that. So if we recall bizarre. from the strings, I don't love claymation <laughs> all that much. Although strings that was- isn't
1: claymation. <laughs>
0: Okay, but <laughs>
1: are you just against anything like else coming like motion? something that's not alive coming alive? I
0: don't like it. I, yeah, basically, I'm not into it. I didn't like yeah, the claymation
4: like the story movies, huh? <laughs> just, uh, always walk around. <laughs> that's at that. least, at
0: least, that's animated this is mm-hmm. animated with computers but whatever anyway i didn't like the the claymation part was very weird that was
3: bizarre. It, i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll it say I,
1: enough, liked, but... I liked that moment i thought it was a cool thing with all the other visuals you going would. on i would with all the other things going on i thought it was cool to add in this other visual flair and if anyone's ever seen anything by the quay brothers it reminded me of stuff like that um, it looks mm, like these, uh, no, Quay, not not oh, okay. not not the Quaid brothers of. Like, oh,
0: okay, Randy thank you. Is,
1: uh, is a prominent <laughs> member uh, running away from the Star Whackers in Canada. Um, <laughs> but anyway, no, the Quay brothers are they've they've done like stop motion stuff for years. They're kind of like Terry Gilliam esque guys. Anyway, it looks like stuff like that, but. I just wanted to give some context of what happened. So the girl, Mm -hmm. the girl suffers like a significant fall. And then Jack, you were going somewhere with that.
0: Yes. So after her drug fueled claymation nightmare, uh, she kind of wakes up in, you know, the surgery recovery area. And Roy is there. There's also a moment where like in a blurry hazy thing, she hears one of the doctors just reaming him, reaming Roy for uh, causing this to happen. Like just really taken him down several pegs Uh, and so he's just sitting at her bedside crying she wakes up and they talk and she's like hey finish the story and he's so depressed and does not want to do it but she kind of pushes him to do it and then he's like basically killing every single character (laughs) in the story and she's sobbing, and she's like, stop it, stop it. And he just keeps killing all the characters. It's my story. It's, it's, it's like fucked it was... up. Yeah. It's
3: fucked up.
0: <laughs> but he hates himself so much in that moment. And she's like, she's so upset and doesn't understand why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's, you know, that was in my mind also a contender for the fall of, like, him... um their their friendship kind of falling at that moment Mm. um and him kind of throwing it out the window just to stomp on it because he just feels bad about himself so he needs to ruin this friendship that he has and needs to ruin her happiness
4: There's parallels with uh, game of thrones and then it's (sighs) like stop killing characters i like
3: It's my
0: story. There Although was, at the very uh, end, it was more like, can you kill more characters, please? Come on.
1: There was uh, there was one moment uh, during that onslaught that, that I thought was a little off, but you could possibly wrap it up in, all right, it's part of the fantastical world or it's part of how the girl is visualizing or whatever. But so he kills different characters. There's a there's a bomb maker guy that goes out in a blaze of glory that's pretty badass. And he, he knocks out, yeah. he, he kills all and, these, well, like, th- that's one element I haven't addressed yet. Well, let's, I, I do want to go into the, cost- we'll the costuming. Back. We'll come back. We'll yeah. come back to we'll costumes. Come back. But so, yeah, this okay, bomb maker okay. blows up. Uh, I've got this other guy who gets shot. But the. Well, um,
3: Charles Darwin. Jar- Charles Darwin, <laughs> yes. Um, well,
1: I don't remember all the other character names. So I didn't want to just give him special shout out. <laughs> He's the only
3: one with the name. <laughs> oh no, Luigi. Luigi is the ammunition. Charles expert. Darwin. Yeah. yeah
1: that's, um, so, the, the so there's, Danga, an, Dango. there's an Indian, the, the Indian character. Does, do you have his name, Jack? The Indian. Okay. Just the Indian. Yeah, literally. Right. I he's think called he's the Indian. Indian okay. The, All right. Yeah. So basically uh, the, the bandit within the story, the story within the story, the bandit now has a daughter who is our little girl, the Alexandria (laughs) girl, has kind of inserted herself into the story at one point. And so she becomes the (laughs) bandit's daughter. And so she's in there and they're trying to escape these soldiers and they're climbing up this rope in a castle, like a big tower, and the Indian is following them on the rope. And then there's like four or five soldiers climbing up the rope uh, along, uh, you know, right beneath them. And so within the story, the Indian realizes they're going to come up and like, kill us all, although realistically, if he'd climbed if he'd kept climbing, he probably could have beaten them and been okay with what he, do, what he what he does next with what he does next, but uh, which I didn't think of till just now, but the thing that really struck me so he's he's on there on the rope, and he's basically trying to save the bandit and his daughter, and he cuts mm-hmm. the rope, and so and they have they have a moment where they lock eyes, and it's kind of like this, you know he's doing it for them, and he cuts the rope, it's self sacrifice, and so all the soldiers will fall with him. But yeah, now that I think of it, it, easily could have made it to the top and then oh, cut the rope. Hands. But or but just thing,
0: cut the rope below him. That's then. exactly You're what, what I was about to say.
1: Head. That was when I'm watching it, like just cut it below yes. your hands. Yes. Just cut it below <laughs> yes. your hands. Just cut below. <laughs> Just cut below. Other but, body
3: strength, dude. Hold yourself up with one arm for a little bit. You're fine. Right. <laughs>
0: but Lee Pace telling the story is just killing everybody. Sure. So. Right. right.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it can be explained. You know, within the framework.
3: Oh, of he the, was never going to live. Yeah. But movie. yeah.
0: But before <laughs>
1: we, uh, I, I do want to talk to costumes in a bit here. Before we go into that, Jess, since you were very, um, you know, ha- had strong feelings about the the onslaught that that unfolded, would you would you like the floor?
3: I mean I just I thought it was so such a big wild shift that I wasn't prepared for and like I you know we spend this whole movie falling in love with this little five-year-old girl and then just absolute trauma (laughs) is just it wasn't fun to watch and I was like and for what like I don't know these characters that she's so attached to now like I don't know why I'm watching this like this is it's just brutal like I don't know and the whole just like uh the uh what is uh the the mage or in the tree um, uh yeah the oof oof the googly like the magic words he's just like screaming his magic words because it's like oh that's what the old guy taught her to do of like the googly is the magic word for when you're scared and so he's just like screaming and being like beaten into a tree and birds are flying out. It was horrific. The birds flying that.
1: out of his mouth was pretty sweet. I was. It on did make board. sense
3: though.
0: He mentioned them when you first meet him, he does mention mm-hmm. that he has birds that he saved them all in his stomach. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, it makes sense. What it, I meant it makes was total sense. it makes sense within <laughs> the realm of the story. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's true you're right it was very suddenly a lot of uh a lot and, of death
3: and like she's already been through her big fall mm-hmm. and he i mean if he really felt bad like why is he choosing to go out this way of like well i'm just gonna traumatize you even so further sabotage. that's my strategy right? like, yeah. I'm like, yeah
2: what
3: the what is wrong with you <laughs> So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't like that part. And I know that fairy tales are dark and everything, but I just felt like it was. Dark without a purpose. Unearned. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, to be fair, she does kind of take agency back in that moment and says it's my story too yes. And that's it you know just says well that's
1: done but i'll fix what i can because <laughs> well, he he's about ready to kill himself within mm-hmm. the story he's, he's going to have mm-hmm. himself be drowned by the villain and she's begging for uh him to not kill because he becomes the the insert within the story initially it's a different Actor that they chose because he presents, Her dad. Her yeah, dad. He, he presents yeah. it as it's like your dad, and then she says, "No, just just do it like you." And then it get the role gets. I think rec- she was
0: like casually like, "My dad's he like, dead. He's
1: dead. i yeah. <laughs> It's not him." Oh well, then who do you want it to? Be? Yeah. yeah. So he gets <laughs> he gets recast essentially in the fantasy elements after we've established how the bandit looks. The bandit wears a mask and things, but we can tell it's not Lee Pace. And then so for the first like 10 15 minutes of the fantasy part. Uh, it's somebody else, and then Lee Pace takes over that role. But yeah, he's being drowned within the fantastical world, and she's begging for him to not sobbing, yeah, crying, uh, with, with with a bandaged head, uh, yes. laying in bed, and and, and a, a bandaged uh, you know cast on her arm and everything. Um, <laughs> the
4: doctor told me any amount of emotion would kill me. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So anyway, so she's she's begging, but it's it's also a moment like it's one of those things where it's operating in two ways because she's begging for him to not kill this fantasy version of himself. But for the audience and for him, it's kind of begging for him to not kill himself, which is what he's been mm-hmm. set out to do for the mm-hmm. last half of the movie or so. And he eventually agrees. Yeah. And the idea is that when he agrees, it's it's both those things coalescing that is like, all right, I will let him live. I will let me live. And so he lets his fantasy version live, and then he does not kill himself, uh, you know, as shown in the film. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all okay in the end, Jess. Yeah, okay.
3: I just didn't need that whole section.
1: (laughs) To be fair, I never
3: want to watch that part again. (laughs) Understood.
0: Understood. I I also understand the purpose of it within the movie, but yeah, it's a very unpleasant. uh, But uh, to give roy a tiny amount of credit he isn't just killing each of these characters like well and this guy trips and falls and explodes like each of them goes out by saving the rest of the party like one by one they're saving the rest yeah. of the people who are going on ahead so he does give each of them kind of hero's yeah. ends which i do respect like as far as roy is a character he's not I don't know. The The movie does a lot to make sure that you don't think he's a monster, even though he does some really uh, heinous things, such mm. as forcing a bedridden girl uh, to cry and cry and forcing, not forcing, but manipulating her to steal drugs. But you really get the sense that he's not like an evil monster man. He's just in a very bad place in his he's life. He's in a rough patch. He's in a rough <laughs> place. And misery loves company, and so he's kind of that, at that point just drowning in his own guilt and sorrow but even within that he's still not at least the characters went out well
1: how about uh, speaking of mm-hmm. death how about uh, the name you chose for our uh, our podcast <laughs> designation this time jack
0: yeah. uh so i have named myself the nephew that was left in the desert to die uh and i do Forgot love about movie. him Yeah, everybody did, and that's uh, uncalled for. It's unfair. So, Linton, I I, I do agree with you in that. I think some of the story... You could argue that uh, the story is weak, or at least the weakest part of the film. I still think it's great. Um, But there were some things that could have been tied together better. Uh, And I think this is one of the elements that felt was just dangling like okay mm-hmm. so at one point very long story short they rescue uh a rescue is a weird odd choice of words but we're going with it
2: rescue
0: <laughs> uh a beautiful woman from the desert we kind of mentioned her before it becomes kind of the princess who is played by the nurse evelyn i think is her name um and so they find her in the desert rescue her but leave behind her nephew for reasons i cannot understand and i don't know who the nephew is I don't see the nephew outside of the fantasy story at all. It's just like in the fantasy. See, in the fantasy, she had a nephew, and they left him in the desert to die. And just and he's like sad. Like they show him, yes. no, don't leave me. And then he's they upset. do, and <laughs> never mention him again ever.
4: I thought that Very moment strange. when it first happened. Like in real life. What's that, Eric? What? What. A, a, probably a kid the girl hates in real life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when that this
3: kid was mean to me one time <laughs> when that
4: first happened i thought the reveal was
1: he was odious like which wouldn't That's which wouldn't which, which wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense because it, odious is the bad guy yeah, we haven't said that it's yet. been presented throughout yeah. the movie that odious is doing all of these horrible things including uh he he kidnapped or or captured uh, the bandit's brother and his men. Mm-hmm. And he butchered them and had them hanging from a ceiling like a chandelier. And it was gorgeous. It was, a, it was a fantastic yeah. shot. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, but there's other things that he did to the various members of the party. Um, but they're, they're tracking down. And I don't know if I, if I missed a little bit of dialogue that maybe would have made it clear that they weren't actually, they didn't think this was odious, but basically there's this big caravan kind of thing. And they, they wipe out some soldiers and then the first person that comes out of this caravan is this like 10 year old kid or eight year old kid or something. And I thought, well, wait, is that the twist? Is that is he actually... oh, I thought, well, maybe it's odious and maybe it's like no. all of his like advisors are actually like killing people off or something. No, or... yeah. I definitely yeah.
3: thought that was odious, too. Yeah.
1: And so then it's not. And it's just ends up being this rando nephew to essentially the <laughs> just, princess. God. And then they go off with the princess and Jack's right. They just leave that kid out there. <laughs>
0: And it's never brought up again. Nope. It's very odd. She's
3: like fuck, my nephew. Let's go.
0: <laughs> and a lot else was kind of brought together, or at least mentioned, like things kind of tied together for the most part. Not this. Nope. No. Nope.
3: Yeah. And was um was the actress was she brought into her imaginary story too? Like her necklace I know, was. Her necklace was okay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't yeah. remember if, yeah, if Evelyn was just all of the, yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't, so the, I don't the think famous the actress came in visually yeah. at all.
0: No, yeah, she had a beautiful uh, heart uh, locket type thing uh, that you see, I think, in the very opening, the black and white opening. I think you see it then, mm. uh, and then you see it when the actress comes to visit, and uh, I think Alexandria sees it as well. And then I think after that, it shows up on the nurse Evelyn princess in the story. (laughs) Uh, And at one point, it saves her life. Uh, Like, uh, at one point, the Lee Pace's fantasy character (laughs) uh, shoots her. It's actually one of my favorite moments because I I think the dialogue in general for this movie was great. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there's this moment where, um, so they're killing, they decide to, what is the word for when you kill somebody, even because they've done something bad. No, no, no. As a punishment. Revenge. What'd you say? not revenge. Execution. Thank Execution. you, that's the one. Yeah. Execution. I can start so looking up a thesaurus her. if you need it. I need that all the time. Uh, so they decide to execute her. And uh, they tie her to a pole, and they go to put uh, a blindfold on her face, and she says, no, I want to look at you until I die, which was amazing. <laughs> what a great line. Incredible. So funny. So then... Um, they uh lee pace (laughs) aims his gun at her and says i'm glad i never kissed you and then shoots her again (laughs) incredible like Uh, five-year-old
3: mine for exactly
0: it's so good it's so good uh and then uh then the little girl i think didn't want her to die or something like for some Mm -hmm. reason she's like no no but she didn't die and the lee pace is like alright, but she didn't die because uh, her <laughs> necklace stopped the bullet and they take it out and she's got this beautiful, the heart necklace and they're like, ah, the solid solid gold locket stopped the bullet and I like, all of my roommates and I were like but gold is so soft, how is that possible
3: <laughs> I know, I've never heard of that <laughs> like that
0: I've would heard never of the necklace
3: that's stopping bullets but it's what never mean, been gold
4: it be, was <laughs> stopped by this gold <laughs> <laughs> what are you shooting people with
3: <laughs> Oh my god. So,
4: So one other
1: element to address I'm just, I I just feel it needs to be brought up because we talked a good deal about the visuals and how they went to actual locations and how there aren't any special effects, you know, or not any extensive special effects. But the costuming also is just so gorgeous in this movie Um, and strange. Yeah. yeah
4: weird yeah. Really over the top without being yes. like oh that's just a stupid choice it was like no yes totally works well even though it's like you get like the power rangers color palette but it's still <laughs> awesome
0: You're right i didn't think of it that way but you totally do you're right
1: <laughs> yeah it's all I would like yeah, to it's, it's my all name. very it's all very bright uh it's all bizarre it's it looks i mean we, we talked about how it wasn't the movie's not exactly a fantasy, even when they're within the the fantasy of it in the ma- imaginary parts, mm. but it definitely looks like something straight out of a fantasy film, which I think would make sense why people would say, oh, this this is fantasy, just based on the visuals of how these characters are dressed. They also would fit in a science fiction, certain types of science fiction worlds. A lot of these characters would look you know right at home. So our main band, I have it in front of me. Um, You just have characters in just really kind of flamboyant, bizarre, but tied to specific cultural dress. And then it's certain, Mm -hmm. some of the cultural dresses kind of like are mixed and meshed with other things that like, where you can kind of tell they don't quite work or they would never be something someone would actually wear, but it works within this fantasy, especially within the fantasy of like a five-year-old girl's head. Uh, Jack, Mm -hmm. You said you're roommate. I
0: wanted uh, yeah, I really wanted to quote my roommate because when she first saw uh some of these outfits, uh she said, this is like the male equivalent of the shitty Wonder Woman costume. There's so much leg. <laughs> She's like, I am a mighty warrior. I don't need armor to cover up my precious bits and bobs. I thought that was great. Uh, it was very <laughs> accurate for some of the costuming uh but i did appreciate like it's a fantasy film so yeah you can kind of get away with a lot that you couldn't Mm -hmm. if it were something more realistic which made it fun like the costumes are fun they're fun to look at i assume they're fun to run around in it (laughs) sure looks like it probably
1: really hot to run around in.
0: yeah some of them yeah Yeah, especially like the bad guy outfits
1: that is one in particular man the stormtrooper (laughs) guys in this look fantastic So they cool. Looked really cool. They look really cool. They have these soldier guys that are in like all black, um, but they have it all, almost looks sort of like knights, um, like tunics, yes. mm-hmm. tunics and things, but everything's black, different shades of black. And they've got swords, but they've got a big kind of Darth Vadery almost helmet. It's not the same shape, it, it fans up at the top instead of at the bottom. And they're not, like, totally ripping off Star Wars or anything, but it, it definitely has kind of a vague, like, oh, if you took Star Wars and you, you put it in, you know, a fantasy world of the 1500s, like, okay, yeah, that, it kind of looks like that. But I really loved their look, and I also liked that it was a really subtle thing, but they're presented as, like, animalistic. Like they yes, they grunt they yeah. grunt and make weird, yeah, weird sounds noises. and they never speak yeah. any dog noises yeah they never s- they never say any English or any other language that's discernible to any of the characters. Is,
3: yeah, five year old of like, just like rah, rah, rah,
0: rah. Yeah, it's just like just, <laughs> just just
1: they're the bad guys. Uh, yeah, so it comes through really well.
0: Did you notice that there is actually an uh, in world. Uh, a real world of the movie reason for why those soldiers look the way they do.
4: I did. I it's oh, the, the operator, right? It- Correct.
0: Yeah. It took me a long time to figure I, that I out. Think you,
4: I think you cut out there, Eric. Go ahead. What was it? Oh, well, at the beginning of the movie, she sees the uh, the old-school X-ray operator going into the X-ray room. He's just, like, oh, head-to-toe, yeah. covered in, like, stuff to block the radiation. Do you, so that's- do
1: you see that character twice? Because I saw him... Two times.
4: Okay, I saw
1: him the second time, and the second time, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't catch him that's the first where, time. Where? No, yeah.
3: yeah. I caught the him the first time. time. So when I
4: saw it, like, when I was mm-hmm. watching I was like, I'm not sure where, when this takes place. And then when I saw that, I was okay, it's like, We'll really a long time ago, because that is not what people operate X-ray. <laughs> yeah, the X-ray operator oh, yeah. has like a
1: similar yeah. kind Maybe of... Maybe not
0: at your fancy hospital, Eric.
1: <laughs> he has a big helmet that he wears, and he's wearing these sort of like big leather, um, you know, something protective over top of his regular clothes uh, while going in toward the radiation. So, yeah, that's where the the evil soldiers come in. So cool.
3: Loved it. Loved yeah. it
1: all right any other stray observations we got
3: I need to talk about Charles Darwin some more like why was that the only like you real mean, person that he brought into the story
4: I picture that as Elton John plays Dar- Charles Darwin I,
3: yeah his, his I, costume by the way was
4: yeah uh, Charles Darwin amazing. has like a little uh
1: like derby hat and then he wears this giant like like, like
3: feathery, I don't know. It looks like a
1: feather boa, but as a whole coat.
4: coat.
3: He was amazing. But I'm just like, I don't... Why is he the only, like, real historical figure?
4: So I think I can answer this question. Is I don't know why within the context of when he's telling the story. I think because um, the director chose to base the movie historically in that time period and Charles Mm -hmm. Darwin was big at the time. Got it. story that this character would have been aware of and just relate it. And just a little girl. Any other character who was at the time, like I guess he was like a controversial figure, or people knew about him. So like, mm-hmm. in the context of what what was newsworthy at the time, I, and I think like the the slave character was also um, uh, based on a real person. Oh, was he? Who mm. was in, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, something I like yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly, but if you, if you look it up, you'll see like he he used actual historical events in that time. To be part of the actual uh, okay yeah, context,
3: that's
0: okay. cool. But it, yeah, it was I. I was with you, Jess. It was like it they were describing of it, each of these yeah. different people. It was you know uh, Dang, Dango the ex slave, and the Indian, and Luigi, and Charles Darwin. Okay, and he had Wallace the monkey.
1: Charles Darwin. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Precisely. The monkey.
0: Yeah, there was one point where um, so Charles Darwin has a pet monkey. I don't know why, because they use it very, very little. It lives in a bag most of the time. <laughs> uh, which I was disappointed just by. <laughs> yeah, I wanted more monkey hijinks. At one point, the monkey has an idea and tells Charles Darwin, and Charles Darwin then steals it, and I got angry, and because it was blatant monkey erasure from Charles Darwin, which seems very out of character for Charles I Darwin.
3: Think, I think that's accurate, because that Wally is Based on another scientist named Wallace, did we all read the, yes. of the IMDb I trivia? I, I <laughs> didn't.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, Oh, I, that's much funnier. I then. saw the same thing. Yes, saw. So, yeah, I, I didn't know this, but apparently, uh, Darwin works on the theory of evolution, or, or they 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 worked on it independent of each other, but they both arrived at the same at around the same time, and it was a scientist named Wallace, like the fun people. Uh, yeah scientist named Wallace and Darwin is the only name that we know now, which is why when we're talking about on this podcast, like why is this monkey here with Wallace? So the joke, the joke (laughs) of it, I guess, is that, yeah, like Wallace was a contemporary that has been kind of like pushed to the footnotes of history, you know, that he shouldn't have been. And so that that's what they're playing off of there, where he is the monkey that they actually are, Forming these ideas together, and then Darwin is just like shoving them in the bag. It's like, no, I have the idea. So it's like, it's a really obscure (laughs) joke. A really obscure joke. That's so good
3: really like no one knows that unless you read imdb right. trivia or if you're like
1: a scientist maybe
3: exactly or if you're a big nerd they all nerd which we're not so no
0: we're cool people who talk about movies no one's yeah. seen on a podcast yeah
1: we're just that no one listens to We're just watching these weird fantasy movies on a friday night and talking about it
2: <laughs> All yeah. right,
1: so any other stray thoughts about Charles Darwin, monkeys, <laughs> ways the film made us feel bad, anything else?
0: Uh, I just want to say, I know we've said it uh, uh, approximately 30 times already, but seriously, the little girl is perfection. Uh, I is love her. So,
3: oh, what I wanted to say earlier was I started to think that like maybe they just let them improv a lot.
4: I did, yeah.
3: Okay. I think
4: think a lot of stuff was left in from their natural just like
3: because they just had such chemistry. So So cute. cute. Yeah. Just like you could tell it was just like Yeah, Lee Pace was kind of playing along with her. And it was like
4: there's no-like they were trying to get a like young girl to act like a young girl. It was just like Mm. she She just was like that. Yeah. Yeah, she uh
1: what I saw she was responding a lot to his real stuff, so it was it was improv in that degree. And then apparently they filmed the hospital scenes in chronological order. And so it said, as filming progressed over the course of six weeks, she grew taller and her English improved like her character would have in real life. And she also Mm -hmm. lost her two front baby teeth right before shooting began. So filming in sequence allowed for continuity of the gap between her teeth to remain consistent, which kind of explains an issue or not an issue, but something I was wondering about midway through the film when she appears within the fantasy portion yes.
2: she like yes. has
1: her teeth which i wouldn't I would, I would have picked up on it but she specifically comments on it if it within the world of like that she has her teeth and i thought did they get like a prosthetic for her and it's like no the actress actually grew them in and so they're like well we'll, we'll then... explain it within at this point in the <laughs> so
0: cute it's even better oh, it's so um, cute. the roommate who recommended this to me also told me that the director uh, searched for two years before he found an actress oh. like that was perfect for the role. Aww. And uh, I mean, yeah, he got yeah. it just right. Nailed she is it. indeed perfect. <laughs> yes. yeah, She's amazing. Yeah, I
1: mean, she's, she's similar to like- Did she like, do anything else? Uh, I didn't- I don't think so. She's similar to like what, I, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, Quobanzane Qu- 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 Bons- Wallace? Uh, K- Quobanzane Qu- 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 w-
3: Qu- G- Wallace, yeah. like yeah. like it's a
1: similar kind of performance of that, of just like totally- wholesome and real and believable but yes. you know but shining through not feeling like a little kid being told go here do this uh-huh. say this like it, it just feels natural and it feels like, like she's really delivering everything incredibly well so yeah. great oh. job little girl it,
0: the movie is worth watching even if none of the fantasy like beautiful sequences were there it'd be worth watching just for her because she's great
3: just for yeah. her Check
0: yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> just fast forward through all the boring parts
1: just to get to her oh get
3: to the cuteness
0: okay that's
1: uh before we wrap up that is one thing uh it made me think of and it's kind of something that because like i said i only watched this a few hours ago um so it's still fresh in my mind but does he walk again spoilers for anyone but uh we don't, you know you know because
3: i don't think him, do well, we see him well
1: so so, so he, we have the scene early on where he asks her to check his toes and she, she initially checks one. She's like, I'm touching your little toe and he can't, can't see it because of there's a sheet and he's trying to get it. So he can tell if, if he actually has feeling and he says, no, 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 you can't tell me. And so then she takes another one of his toes and he guesses his big toe. And then she switches in a little kid way of like, oh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to do that one. Cause she thinks it's a game. and he gets kind of mad because he can't tell he can't trust whether or not because he guesses the big toe he can't tell whether or not he actually had feeling it never gets addressed again whether or not he regains anything he tries to kill himself he ends up you know being okay but uh at the end they're watching a film that he was in the one that that he made the big jump from Mm -hmm. um and he, he, he sees himself on screen and at the very end the little girl is like back to picking oranges And she's talking about seeing him on a film and like she had them replay it or something. And you you see him get, you see him on screen, you see him get punched. Um, But then she talks about like all these other things that he was doing and they show footage Mm -hmm. from the 1920s and 19 teens. And some of it's like Buster Keaton and like clearly to the little girl, she's like imagining that this is Roy. That Roy was, and we know that that Buster, she's actually describing Jack. I don't know. I mean, might not have picked up on it, but she's describing like, Oh, he was on this teeter tottering. It's like, well, no, he wasn't because that's Buster Keaton, (laughs) you know? And so, and Buster Keaton famously did his own stunts. So she's seen all these scenes from films and because in her mind, she thinks, Oh, that's all Roy. It made me wonder, we only get one shot of him in a movie where he is taking a punch and it's clearly the actor it made me wonder: Is she seeing a movie from before he got hurt? And if so, I wondered that. Maybe is, yeah. is he
4: is he just paralyzed? Because the movie doesn't address right. it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially, I did kind of see the happier ending where like it goes on, and it, clearly he's back to work again because he's he's kind of redeemed himself. Like he, he had that moment with her where he's like apologizing for for like manipulating her. And, like, he, he doesn't want to kill himself anymore, so now he's back to work. And, like, yeah, you get that real shot, and that's him in a movie. And then it kind of, like, does this very moving, like, montage of all, like, these great stunts from, like, the, the 20s, um, which... Because at first I was like, oh, this is kind of just, like, a nice tribute to that yeah. era of mm-hmm. filmmaking. It kind of character... It was very a Cinema per- uh, Paradiso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was So I was, like, kind of interpreting it as that at first. And then... But then, like, I thought, oh, maybe she's just... Because because when she's ex- explaining the story, she says my mom told me that he's back to work okay. and he's yeah. another actor mm-hmm. and this and then and then it, you know and yeah like you see scenes that like clearly wasn't him because it's like yeah Chaplin and Keaton and they didn't have stunt men so like you I I guess it, unless it's it, the director doesn't know that you know that and it's not really important. But yeah, so like, because now I kind of lean towards the sadder truth, where it's like, I yeah. saw him in one movie, but he's, he's you know maybe, uh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think it could have been from a movie before.
3: No, and, and her mom just told her.
4: They, <laughs> they, they, I mean, I mean, thematically just, that makes more sense
1: with the reality yeah. versus fantasy mm-hmm. that is being dealt with.
3: Oh, that's heartbreaking.
0: <laughs> I don't. I definitely thought of the idea that the punch scene that she sh- shows at the end could have been from before. Cause at first I was like, Oh mm-hmm. good. Everything's fine. And then my brain was like, ah, but time exists and mm-hmm. it could be a different, Way. Yeah,
4: because she's saying oh i had to like watch it again
0: play it back yeah
4: it's not like she's going to a theater and seeing mm-hmm. the,
3: I was like how
0: well, she's just demanding
4: that they replay it at the theater and <laughs>
3: like <laughs> maybe um she's precocious oh. i, well, I think I that stuff
4: they did used to just
1: play stuff on a loop so it's possible she could have just like kept going back into a theater to see it yeah but...
0: mm. mm-hmm. um i i didn't really think even though I, I think that you guys have evidence for it, I, I when I watched it, did not think that she was seeing every single one of those stunt performers as Roy. Um, mm. My interpretation was more that she showed, like we saw one and then as she was describing other things he did, the director was then um, cutting in real footage um and i interpreted the end very much as a yes a tribute to uh old-timey stunts but also a hey look how horrific old-timey stunts used to be everybody like a a kind of it was very impressive but also kind of showing hey it's a good thing we don't do it like this anymore (laughs) because this is unbelievably dangerous
4: like almost a to just be paralyzed people (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
4: yeah, I mean,
1: Chaplin and Keaton turned out okay, though. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's all that matters, then. They're fine. Those two are fine. those 2 are fine Thereby, All the other people
1: are also fine. I don't know if a that bunch of... That means Roy's
0: people... fine. Yay, we know. solved it. I don't
1: know if a bunch of people died from all that stuff, though. <laughs> they might have. did
0: a lot. Did
1: they? Yes. I don't know.
0: Yes. it's very dangerous. Oh, no.
1: I know it was dangerous. I don't know how many of them, like, outright
4: died. Yeah. But... They were just professionals, so they pulled it off, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe That's there were
4: four Buster Keatons, and we just didn't know about it.
0: Right I now. just swapped him out a whole lot. <laughs> the Prestige. Oh, <laughs> well, spoiler, sorry. Fuck. Fuck. All right.
1: So we have now addressed the Prestige, Vin Diesel's career, <laughs> and any number of Star Wars. Things. Star Wars, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, wrapping up here, would you recommend The Fall?
3: Eh.
4: <laughs> I would, just, with the caveat that it's a very boring movie. And <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. <laughs> no, I, I seriously wouldn't. I think, like, when you look back at all of like the reviews of the time, it like on its you'd think that it's like a polarizing movie. It's like a love it or hate it kind of thing. And I do not think that at all. So I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say like, hey, you should watch this because it's interesting and has interesting visuals. I'm just like, this is a good movie. I don't think it's like oh, you might not like this for whatever reason i think it's like this yeah you should watch this
0: absolutely i'd recommend it i'm going to watch it again soon mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm yeah. going to purchase it i i really i really don't think you can it. like yeah. anywhere i tried <laughs> i think digitally or display yeah, no, you,
3: you can't you can't buy this I I tried to do it Jess. Walmart walmart.com had it for $10 but it was just a poster <laughs> The right? poster? I was this close <laughs> to purchasing the poster now I kind of want it but like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah the, the <laughs> poster is uh, it, is based, uh, based like. on a Dali painting too so yeah, mm-hmm.
3: it's it's beautiful um
1: yeah I, I je-
3: like I,
4: I think this movie is very like i uh, I'm sorry but oh uh, uh, I think it's an example of why this podcast exists is like yes uh, really that for some reason you've never heard thank of you worth. eric yeah so yeah i'm just yeah i just to no. yeah i have no idea why i've never heard no, of I, of I,
1: I, no i i would agree i would agree with you in the sense like i have said to like many people i've uh, i've had on I, I i welcome suggestions i would not have ever heard about this i mean i i dig into a no. bunch of stuff i'll see things on lists maybe somewhere along the lines 10 years from now i would have come across oh there's this movie called the fall what's all that about Mm -hmm. but it has no actors in it other than lee pace that you would have heard of and i i have no connection to him as an actor so he's not someone that i would have sought out so watch pushing daisies linton watch it you too
0: eric (laughs) totally off subject here um (laughs) disappointed in you eric especially there are there are
1: so many shows jack there are just so many shows (laughs) not an
0: excuse pushing Daisy's very short anyway it's very short anyway
1: um but yeah i mean I, if i had come across something with the visuals i probably would have said oh what is this and i i probably would have sought it out for that reason but other than that if it had not been suggested to me i would not have sought it out so um yeah it's it's great all four of us were coming to this totally cold and we mm-hmm. all enjoyed it and i i definitely want to um Go back to where, we're, where we all fell on it, but I do want to comment because the issue of if it's available came up. So Jess said that you really can't find this on streaming anywhere or digital file. The other unfortunate thing is, like many of the movies that we have watched for this podcast and will probably watch in the future, it is out of print and unavailable. Um, I yeah. think you might be able to get it on DVD, um, but I saw that the american blu-ray is like the cheapest you could get it for like 55 to 60 bucks used and then other ones other ones are a lot higher if you go on ebay that you know people are trying to sell for like 90 bucks and stuff there are international versions so if you have um a region-free blu-ray player then you know you could possibly get it and it would be fine with that i'm going to keep an eye on it because this is something i would want to own um, it's so good and sometimes you can find like decent enough deals or or somebody puts up an ebay auction and it it just doesn't go anywhere and you're able to snag it but but yeah just like many of the others we have watched this is a movie that is not going to be easy for you to find or buy all right <laughs> so sorry so, uh who, who were we on who was jack were you expousing on no, your jess. okay jess
3: yes um so i wanted to say i forgot to bring this up earlier That um, this came out the same year as um, Pan's Labyrinth, Mm. which my initial thought was like, oh, if I'm choosing a fantasy movie, like I'm going to choose Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Maybe that's why I didn't see it. But knowing that it didn't come out in the US till 2008, it's like, I don't know why I didn't see this. Why it missed (laughs) me completely. (laughs) I thought maybe it was like, oh, that's unfortunate for you to come out against Pan's Labyrinth. But
0: also, uh, go back in time in the podcast and add Pan's Labyrinth to uh, a story within a story. Just quickly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go back and imagine that we mentioned that one. That one works.
3: Um, Yeah. (laughs) And then um, I want to say that, like, yeah, I would absolutely recommend this. I do want to watch it again, like, immediately. Because I feel like I walked away not not being in love, but like being like, I think I really liked it. And like I wasn't sure. And that's a very weird feeling to have of mm-hmm. just like, I think I really liked it. There were some parts that were strange, but maybe that's good. Um and I think just like being in this group and like just talking about it like made me appreciate it more. And yeah. so guys, quarantine sucks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Woo. Uh, like, okay. Yeah. Watching this as a group would be so much fun yeah. and well we can all just like get misty eyed over that never happening, but,
1: <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric, yeah. did you already go? Okay. Yes. I'm getting mixed up. Anyone, Jack, did you mm-hmm. already go? Uh,
0: I, I loved it. It was great.
1: Cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm with everybody else. I think it is incredibly impressive. And I also agree that talking through some of the things uh, it was very fresh to me. So talking through some of it made me realize certain connections that I wasn't piecing together on my initial watch. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't really have time to decompress with everything just yet. So, yeah, it's uh, if if nothing else, it's an incredible movie to watch. Like, even if you walk away and think like, oh, it was OK, or I liked parts of it or whatever. But just the sheer visuals, like I said, at the top of all this, it is just an incredibly beautiful movie and the fact that they did everything essentially practical and on location, it's you're going to walk away with an experience that you don't get very often and certainly not with a lot of modern movies. This is more this is an older style of Hollywood when they had few options, you know, when they when they couldn't just say, "Ah, oh, I just get the computer guys to do it. Like, this is hearkening back to an, an older Hollywood style, and, it, and it's gorgeous. But there are, you know, the, the central relationship between Roy and Alexandria really works, and there's a lot of very charming, whimsical things going on. The costumes, uh, not sets, but the locations, uh, all the visuals, everything, it's just working incredibly well. So, mm-hmm. that is the fall. It is a big recommendation for all of us. And we will be back next time with Robot Jocks, uh, a very different kind of film from, I think, 1990.
0: Natural progression, I feel. Natural progression. Uh,
1: But yes, uh, switching things up here, we will be back with Robot Jocks. And it, uh, you know, focuses on some some giant robot uh, mecha suit warriors, sort of like it's like a proto-Pacific Rim. So we will be looking at that one. All right. See you then.